When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this week's episode of 90 Degrees, are we long past due on needing medical experts on during primetime games, lingering injuries leading to profitable betting angles, and are we really going to see Aaron Rodgers back on the field this year? That and more on today's episode of 90 Degrees. Welcome to the 90 Degrees Podcast, where we take an inside look into the sports betting industry. I'm your host, G-Stack George, and I'm excited. Today, I've got guest Dr. Jesse Morse. You probably follow him on Twitter, sports medicine physician, injury content for the fantasy doctors. Dr. Morse, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. I can see from your uh, memorabilia in the background, you are a big sports fan. Um, was it from young sports was something you gravitated towards? I tried to play when I was young, but I wasn't very good. At least my dad tells me. What, um, what sports? Uh, baseball was my favorite. Um, I tried to play uh, football, but I was like 100 pounds soaking wet, so that wasn't a good idea. Um, I was not big. I'm only like 5'9", so basketball wasn't really relevant. And then even though I grew up in Massachusetts where hockey is pretty prevalent, um, I, I wasn't very stable on the skates. Uh very difficult unless you're unless you grow up on the ice so uh i ended up just uh, watching from afar and kind of got spoiled with brady and that the whole belichick era and then um you know a lot of red so really good red sox teams and we had kg and, and pierce and allen with the with the celtics and, and then we had uh, a couple pretty solid bruins teams so i was blessed in my in my 20s or you know late teens early 20s but i didn't follow a ton ton uh coming out of high school i was kind of i guess focused on school more so well you focus on school you become a doctor but then you say hey wait a minute i still love sports um is that when you say you know what i'm gonna marry my two worlds here and start giving my expertise on sports injuries yeah i mean um I was back in 16, I think I was, I was during my residency. Um, I did family medicine at Creighton in, in, in Omaha. And, um, I was like, you know, these, these sports uh, reporters, you know, your Schefters, your rep reports, whoever, they don't have any medical training, like, which is okay. Right. They, uh, we don't expect them to, but how can they possibly give semi-accurate information and sound intelligent based on, injuries if they don't know how to talk about it if they don't understand you know anatomy guidelines protocols normal timelines so on and so forth so i was like you know what i'm not you know super knowledgeable about this yet but i understand enough and i understand you know i can provide some insight and and, and, the, and the fascinating thing about me is um my my residency training was a little bit different because my population that I had to treat was very unique. Mm -hmm. They uh, were about 80 to 90% refugee from uh, Cambodia, Thailand, Burma, Nepal, like that part of the world. Um, so none of them spoke English, uh, maybe like 5%. Um, and none of them had ever really been treated by medicine, ever. 
So I had to explain like normal things. Like what is a pharmacy? Like what is diabetes? Like not even like, you know, so that allowed me to kind of, you know, be able to be explained more so about things that, you know, regular people do that you have an American patient, like, Oh, just do this, do that. You're fine. So I did, you know, I, I had to take, you know, a lot more steps. So I think that's where my describing and educational part came from. Well, when I worked in news media as a producer, we'd often have like lawyers or doctors on. And I always said the one caveat was explain it to me. Like I'm a guy in a bar that doesn't have a clue what you're talking about to get me to the language uh, that, that I can learn and understand from, as opposed to, you know, some of the terms and we get caught in in the jargon and then it flies over someone's head. And I think uh, a lot of what uh, you do is really some, uh, you know, um, you know, level, level stuff that people can understand and can grasp how like your following is growing and it's large. What percentage of it do you think is media guys versus fantasy fans versus people like myself who are sports betters and want information? Good question. Um, you know, it's kind of evolved. Um, I would say initially it started off just as, 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 as fantasy, in, you know, players and people. A little bit of people that are wanting the medicine part, but and then it evolved into the media or some of the media, and and now the I think over this this year has really brought on more betting because I've tailored some of my content to betting, mm. um, you know, and that's just the nature of the game and, and whatnot, and and it, it provides a different edge, a different focus, a different um, you know way to to enjoy the game. Um, so so you know as a result. It also allows you to analyze the data differently. You know, I look at it from so many different ways. I look at it from a medical perspective. Then I look at it from a betting perspective. Then I look at it from a fantasy perspective. So I have that unique ability to to do all three. You can't ask um, a reporter to provide the medical explanation mm-hmm. because they don't probably have that training. Uh, you you know, I can ask you to provide the analysis for the betting, but can you provide the analysis for the medical as it pertains to the betting? Yeah. And that's the tricky part. You know, I don't have the deep analysis of the betting. I'm learning some of the jargon now, but I've been doing fantasy for freaking ever. Um, you know, and I'm not one of the super deep stats guys that understands all the nitty gritty, but I'm getting there. We're, we're making progress. So I, I, I try to marry and, and try to be a resource for those that, I need it. I want to get into like specifics about like performance dips and different types of injuries and all that. Um, I remember, you know, we all know now, but what a high ankle sprain entails and, uh, you know, and what to expect as far as timelines. But every now and then we get uh, taught a new injury that we didn't realize exists. Like Josh Allen's UCL last year was a new one. No one knew what it was, timelines, performance dips. And that's when, like, I'm sure those weeks were like, the doctors are getting hounded. Like, we need information here. Um, what injuries can you tell? Because we live in a world of immediacy. As soon as somebody goes down, we're on Twitter, what is it? And everybody's looking at your guys' accounts to find out what it is. And my question to you is, which ones are, which injuries are easy to tell on camera and which ones, you know, have a, a a little bit of layers to it and like it could be multiple problems and and how do you how, how do you diagnose off of game film? i would say the unfortunately the easiest to tell is the achilles uh usually you can see the ripple of the calf uh you saw that 
if you get the right angle, if it usually nowadays you can get multiple angles. So it helps like with Rogers's calf with, with, um, Cam Akers' calf this weekend with Cousins' calf recently. You could see it ripple. Um, you know, something like a, an ACL, uh, I'll give you two examples. Most, almost 70, 80% of the time, they are non-contact, so they're pretty much going to go down on their own. Uh, that's a red flag, right? But um, a lot of the times, it's not super obvious. Like, you couldn't see Javante Williams' last year because he was – surrounded by like five people like you just couldn't get a good view whereas this week last week daniel jones the knee just pivoted you could see i happen to have my model here um you can see the shift of this bone forward if you look closely it's very subtle but it's there and that's that means that the acl is no longer attached and it's no longer there to hold it in place so that you can say, yeah, but you have to really know. And even then, there's many different parts to it. Like Nick Chubbs, I could say, yes, he had a significant injury. He had to have had a partial tear or full, pretty much a full thickness tear of the MCL. How much of the ACL was torn is was the tricky part. What else was injured? Um, and then you have injuries that are a lot more difficult. Like in, in general – Wrist and forearm stuff is tricky because there's so many different nooks and crannies and sometimes it's nothing and sometimes it's serious. Um, and then stuff like shoulders get a little tricky too because uh, more often than not, it's going to be an AC if it's football. Um, but if it's not like a Deshaun Watson issue, that's that's very specific. We have to We need more information because there's so many different things it could be. Like, you know, Debo Samuel, that's a very specific injury. He had a a very subtle fracture somewhere in the shoulder. We still don't know um, because there's pretty much three areas where it could be. So we, in that regard, we're dependent on the media and we're also dependent on uh, severity. Sometimes it's very difficult to determine severity based on a two second or less than two second video. Um, that's it. Like that's all we get. We don't get any more than that. And, and, and you may, the media may not say anything. You may not get any more information. That's it. You know, and a lot of times you don't even know, like uh, this weekend, I'll use an example. TJ Hawkinson, I didn't even know he was injured until somebody messaged me. He's like, hey, what do you think of TJ Hawkinson? Like, I didn't even know he get injured. Somebody gave me the video and he was grabbing his ribs like on three different plays. So and then you, I saw the video where he injured the ribs and I we went running it back. And yeah, I mean, he probably has a fracture or a bad contusion or, or whatnot. So and the problem is you're going to have a lag between. Uh, Sunday, usually when it happens to Wednesday, usually when they have to report it, unless they're on a bye week and then you don't get any information, zero, they have zero responsibility to give you any information. Um, so that's what makes it really tricky. Um, so we're, we're kind of dependent on them having to say something and, 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 and more often than not, they're really good about at least telling us someone's injured. Bijan, I guess was be a, probably a one-off example that we didn't know he was injured and, and betting, you know, got walloped that day because of it. And, and I, and I promise you, they won't let that happen again if they can help it. Um, but more often than not, they're pretty good about announcing. And I can usually tell uh, pretty good by Wednesday, if someone's going to play on Sunday, I'd say with about 70% accuracy, there's a couple situations that are a little closer. You you um, are a New England fan, and I follow every team's injury reports. I have given up on trying to figure out 
what New England's injury report says because 20 guys are questionable uh, or limited practice uh, Wednesday to Friday, and then they all get questionable tags. And I'm just like, I'm not. I'm not figuring this out anymore. I can't. There is that. There's a method to the madness. There's that. You you actually what I call reading between the lines, and the problem is, and and this is where I get some flack. I call it on Twitter or whatever. It's because everyone has a different level of knowledge, right? I can't assume that you know X Y Z. I have to pretty much say it relatively straightforward because you may have someone that's very experienced that oh yeah obviously I know that. But I might also have someone that doesn't know, had any idea. I'm like, oh, okay, that was helpful. So I have to kind of basically present it as if you don't, if you've never seen it before, because there's a chance you haven't. Sure. How do you map out timelines and performance dips? You know, this injury is going to be X amount of time. Here's the range. And then even when he plays, he's not going to be 100% until. And in some cases that year, it's just you're going to get a reduced version of them just because of the nature of the injury. Is it just simple as we've seen X amount of examples and we have a, such a large data data sample size of data that this is uh, what our deduction is? That's part of it. Um, most of it's experience. Um, most of it, you know, I have a massive database that is free to the public. Um with all the different injuries from pretty much every running back, quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end, um, all the current ones, or at least the relevant current ones. And then I'd say going back three or four years, it, it, it I didn't pull like Dan Marino's data cause it was just not relevant. But, um, so I have, you know, uh, that in one of my favorite lines, you've probably seen it if, or I, I kind of mention it quite often is the greatest predictor of future injury is past injury. You know, you have your fluky ones and whatnot, but more often than not, you're going to have a re-injury or an injury that's compensation or something. Cam Akers was probably a compensation because of his other Achilles. Uh, you know, Darren Waller has a significant history of hamstring strains. So does Debo. Um, you know, there, there's a bunch of different things you could see. Javante Williams had that hip injury earlier because he was compensating after his ACL um, surgery. So there's 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 a connection there. And, and a lot of it, like I don't use any of the AI or the, the data stuff. Uh, I know Dr. Chona does uh, sports med analytics. He does that. Um, and, and, you know, you have a big database for that. I'm more of a gut guy um, just because I've, I've, I, it's hard to teach this. It's hard to – you have to watch the players. You have to understand the dynamics of the team. Um, the players, uh, certain players come back quicker than others. There's so many different levels of this. You know, Eckler – um, has a tendency to do one thing, whereas, you know, Saquon does another or and even to the point where certain teams are more aggressive medical staffs than others. You have teams that are very conservative. Hey, I want to talk to you about Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book and available to betters in Ontario. Find out what the pros have known for the last 25 years. Everyday competitive odds, your trusted sports book. Bet smart, bet pinnacle, must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. Now back to the show. Is it also play style? Like if a, if a guy's a speed guy, Christian Watson, any soft tissue injuries will uh, hinder him oh, yeah. more than a guy who's physical and wins with route running and contested catches. Oh, 100%. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, there's so many. That's a problem. There's so many variables to it. It's like, well, you know, and, and sometimes it's even the game that specific game play, you know, like, um, do they need to win this game? Uh, is it a short week? Um, you know, who else is relevant on their team? Are they the alpha? Like 
Are they in playoff contention? Like there's so many different variables. There's no way an algorithm can predict that. It's just, there's too many things. Um, it, you know, weather plays a role. Turf, in my opinion, plays a role. Um, coach speak, what I like to call coach speak, plays a role. Um, you know, a lot of, some teams are much better at telling you information than others. Uh, certain players, you know, they're going to play no matter what. Like DeAndre Hopkins, that dude is going to play unless you chop off his leg. Like he will not miss a game. Um, unless he can't Mike Evans beat a doubtful tag last year, which is, which has traditionally been a, like a, a tag that you're out, but I've seen him. Mike Evans was the same way. Mike, there's like about 10 or 15 of them. Tyler Lockett's another one. He will, they, you're, they're not missing a game unless they literally will, can't go like, like long or, you know, something that they, they shouldn't go concussion. Obviously they don't have a choice. COVID, they didn't really have a choice, but if they can go, they might not be very effective, but they will be on the field. Uh, you know, and then it's sometimes that's counterproductive um, because then you're like, well, is he a decoy? Is he actually okay? How much is he going to play? So that's when you, then that's when it gets tricky to bet because I love betting overs because, in my opinion, they're easier. But um, the problem is for those guys, you could technically bet an under, and all it takes is one play. That's it. There goes your under, you know? And and that's so it's it, it that's what may, it's I swear Vegas can predict the future and they just they play with us. I, I, that's the only way I can you know explain it. Uh, it's crazy. There's a bunch of people, myself included, when a guy's very very banged up and still goes. Uh, I bet the under uh, if the number makes sense, but also have that built in. He he's gonna miss the 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 end of the game uh, factor as well built in. I want to talk to you about. You said you know it depends on the situation. Are they going for the playoffs? Is it a must win? In the playoffs, it's like aggressively to the wards to 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 take caution out the window. Like Mahomes' high ankle sprain, regular season probably misses a week or two. He doesn't miss a, doesn't even miss that same game. You don't have the luxury of timing anymore. You throw you throw the timing. You know you're playing for your life. You played your whole season for this uh, game, basically. Um, you know that's the issue at single game elimination. They don't have your you know like your baseball, or your basketball, or, or hockey or whatever where it's a series. Like they don't have that. So it's do or die. Either you win this game or you don't. Um, so that's part of it, and they have to. You know, they have to power through unless they literally just they're they're so they're counterproductive to be on the field. Um, you know, Mahomes is another guy who's remember him in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He was useless. I mean, he was literally useless. He couldn't move to save his life. But he was I mean, he was going to be out there because his backup, even with him at 70 percent, probably wasn't better. I um I remember the first injury that shocked me from a recovery standpoint was Adrian Peterson blows out his knee in the final week of a season, doesn't miss a single game the next year, wins the MVP, runs for 2,000 yards. And like part of it was chalked up to, hey, you know, sports medicine is improved. But also, listen, Adrian Peterson is a super freak of an athlete. We saw it this year too, right? Jalen Ramsey beats his recovery by at least a month. Javante Williams does the triple the triple header te- tears three ligaments in his knee and that and he did that in the middle of the season usually you don't you're not ready by week 1 so there's three cases of guys who completely be, uh, break the mold um is that just as simple as freak athletes have faster recovery time that the norm can't you know can't capture um or is it also a mixture of you know sports science is so good that certain recoveries were beating timelines than ever before 
It's a little bit of both. Uh, I've actually talked to Adrian Peterson's surgery, uh, surgeon about that, and he ended up causing a lot of hip issues because of his recovery. You might, you, we didn't hear about him, but it, it did. Um, and he's just a freak. Um, and, and he could still probably play. Um, but uh, that was a one-off, and we haven't really seen it repeated since, literally. Um, Jamal Charles the same year, but but that you know besides that, we have not seen a running back come back and absolutely smash. Um, Brees Hall's trying his best, but I mean, again, he's still, uh, you know, like, oh, well, he's ramping up. I mean, it's week 10. It's not like he's just starting, right? I mean, he started in week one, but this is the, this is the issue. This is the, you know, and, and we have compensation injuries. We have this and that. Um, but there's also my personal niche, um, that it often gets unspoken and that's, uh, additional treatment that teams really don't talk about and that's stem cell that's what i do um and 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 that's kind of that that wild card where i can or we can whatever can move mountains and do some crazy stuff that 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 that, you know you you will never hear about you'll never hear why they're doing better uh and a lot of times it's an assumption but i mean we we can do some crazy stuff with uh, injections now that allow that you know, the, the biology and science has come really far. We have all different types of uh, lasers and beds and um, hyperbaric chambers and IVs and stem cells that you can inject into t- different tissues. And uh, so there's different levels of things that optimize healing. Uh, and that's part of the other part of my practice is, is removing a lot of the gunk that slows down our healing. And then, you know, one of the things I've always noticed is that's what makes these guys elite is that they heal faster than the rest of us. So not only do they get banged up, but they heal faster. So it's like, it's like they're, you know, Wolverine. Um, and, and then that ma- that's what makes them so good that they can play on a Sunday if it's NFL and, and, and get banged up and then still manage to play a week later where most people are out a month. Wasn't Kobe Bryant the first high profile athlete to get the stem cell uh, stuff on his knee? Or am I misremembering that? Well, I mean, he, he was probably the first one that um, publicly knew. Um, him and Tyler Lockett both flew to Germany to get something called Regenekine, uh, which is basically modified PRP to make it easy. Um, and, and and that moved mountains. I mean, um, and, and now it's very common. Half of my patients are probably professionals. Um, but, you know, it's, it's different because now, um, now it's – it's, it's still not spoken of or not spoken of a lot, but it um, is understood. Uh, and, and like my, my mentor is the team doc for the Bucks, and, and, and I talked to him maybe a year or two ago. Uh, I was like, hey, what are you guys offering to, to the athletes? And he's old school, but, but, but still, he's like, just PRP. And I'm like, like PRP? I'm like, first of all, PRP is ridiculously inflammatory. There's no professional athlete that I know is going to want it and potentially try to play next week. Not happening. And it's relatively weaker at a scale of zero to 10 in strength. It's probably a three. It's just not a one round is not going to be strong enough to, to heal that tissue to get you there. That's why you need some of these newer, crazier products. The problem is, uh, you know, I was talking about this earlier today on the coach JV show, like the teams are too cheap to want to pay for these products that are allowing that would allow these athletes to get back faster. If you have an athlete that makes, you know, a hundred K or a million a year or whatever, a million a game, whatever it is. And, and they're expected to miss three weeks say, and you can get them back a week early. Is it worth it? 
Probably. You know, did you just save, quote unquote, save the team a million dollars or a half a million? Yeah, you might have spent 30K on the injection, but, you know, that's a hell of, you know, you have that impact of that player. So I don't understand why they don't do it. Um, you know, if it's politics or whatever it is, but I think eventually one team will do it or several teams will start doing it. And then you'll start to see why are they, you know, doing so much better or healing so much better or have less injuries. And you're going to be like, because they're ahead of the curve. Yeah. Wrestling, wrestling does that. Uh, guys like John Cena have recovered from like torn pecs in like three and a half months beating timelines because them being on the shelf generates no money for the company or for themselves. So there's, there's an urgency there. I want to talk about like lingering issues. We obviously saw Joe Burrow's the case study of, you know, he clearly wasn't his, his self because of the calf. I've heard that Josh Allen's shoulder has caused, uh, has caused him to have a reduction in effectiveness and it might last for a couple more weeks. Is that what you're seeing? Is that what the case is with Josh Allen's shoulder? No question. He already injured it, re-injured it once. Um, I think, was it the Patriots game? I don't know if the Patriots game, but if you look between the first half and the second half, I, he got hit and they ruled, they checked him for a concussion. He didn't have it. Um, and at that point, uh, that's when he, I think that's when he suffered it the first time. Um, he had an AC sprain in his, in his throwing shoulder, which is a milder version of what Anthony Richardson had, much milder. Um, but that is, is painful. That's very difficult to throw on. Yeah. Uh, his accuracy is going to be down. His uh, arm strength, which is you know important for him, is going to be down. Uh, placing the ball, touch, you know, whatever you want to call it, is going to be down. Um, and he and he's probably needs to be on pain meds in order to be able to finish the rest of the game. And, and then the problem is anytime you land directly on that shoulder, you're re-injuring it. That's just the nature of, of that tissue. So he re-injured it, um, I don't know, a game or two later, whenever it was, and he's going to keep re-injuring it until he gets enough time to be able to allow it to heal. Yes, you can inject it, but it helps when you don't land on it. Uh, you know, So he's, he has a bye week coming, I think, in a week or a couple more weeks, and then after that, I think he'll be fine. But um, right now, He's probably at 85% or something like that, which is still better than 90% of the league. So, Hey, the easiest way to improve as a sports better is use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. Save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app forward slash circles off or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it helps support the show. Now back to the episode. Yeah, so as a better, um, that stuff is really good information for me because the last time the Bills covered a spread was October 1st. It's been five straight games that they haven't covered the spread. And, uh, it, you know, I don't think the market is baking in a reduction in Josh Allen's abilities let's talk about kyler murray he's the story of the week he's back and normally guys will rush back at the earliest chance and sometimes maybe a week too early to get on the field it feels like he could have been ready a few weeks ago but they've really eased it in he's been practicing in full for weeks do you expect uh kyler murray to look pretty close to his old self just because of how they've eased him in or do you still think there's gonna be a uh, a little bit of a delay he will be less likely to run the run with the ball how do you expect kyler murray's return to go this week 
he will have a reduction in running. Maybe we won't see it in week one, but if we look at it from over on overview, likely about 15 to 20%, which is if you, if you calculate it from his standard, it's going to be about six to 10 yards less than his normal. Um, obviously, you know, one open field that could be out the window, but in general, that's what we would expect. Um, the, the, the thing about Kyler is I think it was a combination of things. His contract, I think, plays a big role in it. Um, and I think the, um, you know, the, the team actually did better, even though the record doesn't really show it, um, did better than I thought they were going to. I don't think they think Dobbs was going to be as good as he was because um, God, Toon was not the answer. Um, and, and that's to be expected. But um and Ky- if it was up to Kyler, he probably would have played a month ago. That's just who he is. Uh, I think the team was like, I don't care what you want. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Shut up and just sit home or, you know, practice, whatever. Um, and now the problem is they open that window and they have to, if they don't activate him, they lose it. And now they he's done for the year. So they have to activate him. Um, you know, so, and, and some of the question was, well, they're going to trade him, And, and obviously um, I'm sure they probably wanted to in some capacity, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, then now we got to find another quarterback to hang our hat on and whatnot. And, and, and it's tough to do it in a rookie. I mean, they're not all CJ Strouds. I mean, look how good Bryce Young was last year and look how he's doing this year. I mean, it's a little different, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's the NFL is no joke. Uh, what about Justin Jefferson? Like I, when I saw that he went on IR, I thought, uh, you know, I was a little like suspicious of maybe this is a two week injury. They're saying rest for four weeks. At that point, they were one in five and one in four, and maybe thinking about uh, getting a better quarterback in next year's draft. But here comes the four weeks. They've won all week since, and we get the news that he's unlikely to return. And now it's starting to lean towards like a six week timeline. What kind of injury uh, does he have, and why is it lingering so long? So that's a good question. And this is one of those where you have to, you can read between the lines. Um, We didn't know. So I'll I'll start off with this. Justin Jefferson is a freak. And he is going to try to break every record and probably could break every record if you allow him to. So he doesn't want to miss games. He's never missed a game in his entire career. Uh, In college, I don't think either. He's never had an injury that I could find to date besides his hammy. So like he doesn't get injured. Uh, like indecent enough to keep him off the field. So this is new for him. This is not normal. Um, and unfortunately, the way he did it and, and how he reacted gave me a sense that it was closer to a grade two than a grade one, um, especially with how quickly they kind of shut him down. Now, some of that was, well, well maybe they're going to trade Kirk, or this is obviously a month ago, so we didn't have you know the luxury of hindsight. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to shut him down. Maybe they're, maybe they are going to trade Kirk and take the season, like whatever. But if it's up to Justin, um, he probably would have played in three or four weeks. But the problem is you've seen guys re-injure these hammies. Look at Darren Waller, look at Aaron Jones. I mean, look at Julio. Like, unfortunately they're quite prevalent. I mean, look at Cooper cup. So the problem is uh, you have to sometimes protect the player from themselves especially your franchise player, presuming they tag him because you're probably never going to get another one like him um, or wait 20 years. But, you know, so like they have to be smart because 
this is not something you want to re-injure and then like six months later he re-injures it again and now he's got a chronic hammy which is basically what happened to Darren Waller uh, so like that's the issue like you have to protect the players so we didn't know if it was a grade one they were being super careful or if it was a grade two and it was legit needed a month to six weeks and it's looking like a six weeker it's looking like true and, and the other thing is you don't want to put him out there like Aaron Jones and then he tweaks it again or he does 50% like either go or don't like don't don't dilly dally because he can't play halfway he can't play 50% no it, it's all or nothing um, what about Stafford? He has a history with thumb issues. I remember Kurt Warner could not grip a football at times. Um, they jettisoned all their backup quarterbacks who stunk. Uh, uh, and they said, you know what? We need it's a Carson. crazy day for them. Yeah, we need at least Carson Wentz, if not as a backup, in case we have to start him. They're on by this week, but we're all going to be watching because Stafford is going to be quite important to what the point spread is. They were awful. Oh, my God, awful last week. What do you? Um, do not you, even Cooper Cup can save him. Do you expect um, Stafford to be back next week? You want to see one of the craziest injury histories? That probably the craziest. Gronk is a close second. Matthew Stafford. I'm telling you, his injury history is probably 50 things long. I kid you not. If you want to look at it, go to the fantasydoctors.com and just go to the little search bar and type in Matthew Stafford. You'll see it. Um, he's already had this repaired. That's why he didn't fully tear it. Because he's already had it repaired. He had it repaired in 20 or 21. I don't remember what, they, what year it was. Um, but this is the ligament that holds your thumb to be able to grip a ball. You know, his and, 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 and Justin Fields' are similar but different. Uh, my suspicion is Stafford's actually has a partial tear of the UCL, uh, which is the, the main ligament. Whereas Fields' was a dislocation which in my opinion it is worse, uh, but we don't know the severity of his injury and it doesn't sound like his UCL was injured, which is part of the reason why he may play soon. With that being said, uh, this thing's going to be holding, hanging on by a thread for the rest of the season. Like, you know, so if he, you know, and, and I, I tweeted this out because it was just silly at that point. He injured it initially, and then he re-injured it on a friggin' catch in the end zone, and then he spiked the ball, and I think he, that part of it injured. I'm like, your quarterback injures his thumb, and then you decide to have him run a route? I'm like, really? I don't care if it worked or not. Was That's not the point. Like, it, it, was that really smart in hindsight? I, Stafford's going to do it. Of course he's going to do it. He's a pro. He's, 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 he's hungry. He's, of course he's going to be out there. But that was just, you know, that was stupid. So in that regard, I don't, I don't know. All they know is that uh, their backups were not the answer. Like between, you know, the intricacies of football are, are tough for a call, for you know, a signal caller. You've got audibles, you got details, you got, you know, there's so many different things, uh, ball placement angles, you know, just so many things that you have to understand. Um, that a rookie coming into it, it's like drinking from a fire hose. There's no, like, it's crazy. Uh, so it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wentz is, 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 has been, and, and, and really hasn't done a whole lot in the past couple of years, but he's still got more of a floor than any of these rookies. Sure. What about, um, I have thrown out my back before and, 
you know, uh, rest in the heating pad is the only solution. And we don't know how long, you know, you could take a day, could take a couple of days. Jamar Chase has a back issue. And uh, just listening to him, him speak, he didn't sound like he gave me a lot of optimism. We don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, what's your sense on, is it hard to diagnose a back issue and what's your sense or is it way too early to, to have a call on if we see Jamar chase this weekend? So backs are tricky. Um, he, I watched that play live. He fell hard, really hard. Um, and in the, in, in the adrenaline will allow him to stay on the field unless it was really bad. Um, but that night and the next morning, he's going to have to crawl out of bed. Um, and you're going to have to massage it. You're going to have to heat, you name it, you're going to have to do it. Um, and the tricky thing is, this is probably more so a bad contusion and, uh, you know, a bad strain than a, a fracture or a herniated disc or something. Uh, could it be any of those? Yes, he could have already seen, you know, he could do that. But um, I think it's too soon and too that's too aggressive to say, yes, he's he's going to miss a chunk of time. Uh, is he hurting? Oh, yeah, definitely. Is he going to look better by the end of the week? Yes. Do I expect him to practice tomorrow? No. Thursday will be really the question mark. If he can practice on Thursday, he's playing. If he can't practice at all this week, he ain't playing. If he plays, do you think he there'll be a reduced version of himself. We won't know until Friday. This is one of those where you can't really predict it because it depends on how loose he can get. And the other part is it's going to be one play and he could tweak it. So this is one of those where the under, I mean, he couldn't even do it last week with, well, relatively healthy, um, you know, uh, and now Higgins is looking better again. So uh, if there's if there's a, an injury that I'm going to be willing to play if he's active, and this is the the books are so good they're not going to put out the line probably till Saturday or Friday. Um, it, it's Chase. Uh, this is this is a tough injury, and and you know even though it doesn't it takes one or two bombs and Burrow looks incredible, um, these can be tricky. It doesn't take a whole lot, and it requires everything. Uh, burst, explosiveness, extension, you know, rotation, everything, everything is that stupid back. So when it's not good, it's not, it's just, it's not, it's not happy. Um, so uh, right now I think he plays, but that that's a day to day thing until probably Friday. All right. I've got the last one of current players and only because he stole the show on Monday. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is like, not in a boot and he's throwing 55 yard passes. And then after the game, they ask, you know, when you, when are we going to see you in the field? And he tells the player, you know, maybe give me a few weeks. Then he walks it back on the Pat McAfee show. And, uh, you know, Rogers has a way of like really get, keeping himself in the news. <laughs> and, uh, like, I'm going to ask you point blank. Is the Aaron Rodgers stuff real? Are we going to see this guy defy, all the timelines and play this year? If the Jets are relevant, yes. So if the Jets are in a potential playoff spot and week 15 or 16 rolls around and they need to win their last two games, Aaron Rodgers will be suiting up. I think so. And, and, and there's a couple reasons why. First of all, 
It's a mindset thing. It, it's more than that, but it, that's part of it. Second thing, I, he they did a very good procedure. The, the guy who the doc who did it, El Trash is elite. Um, I would not be surprised if he had multiple rounds of stem cells um, in, in around it and IV and some other stuff. His rehab is going to be really aggressive. Like, and you have to understand he's not a running back. And this is not his power leg. That's part of it. So remember, Cam Akers, who did not look good when he came back, but did come back in five and a half months. Now, I talked to players on his team that offseason, and they're like, no, he did not look ready. He wasn't ready at all. They just kind of pushed him out there, you know, and, and which is what we saw. Like, he looked awful. Uh, but Achilles in running backs is, is awful. It's, they're, they're pretty much career-ending. We've only had one exception so far, and that's Dante Foreman, and it took him almost five years. I mean, that's a long time. Um, so – the problem and the, the unique situation about Stafford or um, Rogers is that he still has the arm. He has the back leg. That was Joe Burrow's issue. His calf strain was on his power leg. He couldn't step into throws. That's going to be the issue with Kirk Cousins. It's his back leg. He's not going to be able to step into throws, at least until it, it, it's better. Um, Rogers just needs to be able to plant. And be a little mobile. He doesn't need to cut and run and and, and burst and like, you know, um, the uh, and 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 part of the issue here that the 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 biggest risk factor here is him doing two one of two things. One's much more likely than the other. The first one that's the most likely is overstretching the tendon. So think of it as elastic band. Now it's really tight and it needs to be really tight to be able to pick up the toes. If you push it too far, too hard, it will overstretch. And now you have an elastic band that's loose. So, and you can't, there's no way to tighten it. You have to go back in the OR. That's it. That's the only way to tighten it. So, so the problem is if it's too loose now, that leg is not going to fire and it doesn't work. The, the, uh, he can tear it. He can re-tear it, but it's low. I think it's like 3% or 4%. It's really low. Um, but it's possible. Could he have a compensating injury? Of course. No question. Um, but with that being said, he doesn't. He's not, he's not taking a lot of time off. So he's not really getting, you know, he's not using that other side for, you know, six, seven months. Uh, while he's baby in his his bad side, so he's not overcompensating a whole lot, you know. So he's moving mountains. He's utilizing technology and prayer and whatever else you want to say. Um, and everything is kind of in a very unique situation. Yes, he's forty basically, or he'd be forty soon. Um, but he has weapons, um, and he has the ability to do it because. That team we saw last night is kind of not only a quarterback away, but that would go a long way. Sure. They're an O-line and a quarterback away. Yeah, I mean, their O-line is very suspect. But if Rodgers knows when he knows what he's doing and he can get the ball out quick, like and they're just going to have to change the playbook to get him to have really hot routes 
you know, or have tight ends to block. Like they're they're gonna have to do it so to give him time. Um, but he has the arm. We knew that. There's no question. Um, you know, and, and that's the difference between him and, and someone like like Zach Wilson. Like he's not the answer. I mean, you could keep trying to figure this out, but it's it's obvious it's not the answer. He's awful. Out of 35 qualifying quarterbacks, he is 35th in EPA per play. He is the worst quarterback in football. One last question. You know, I watch broadcasts and they have these rules analysts come on and frankly, they tell us stuff that we already know and or they like always side uh, with the ref. It's like the old boys club. And I think whenever there's a real injury on a broadcast, the broadcast lose the audience because everyone's on Twitter trying to find out what the real injury is. And I think the broadcast would be super served by having a medical analyst on staff so that when an injury does happen, someone can give some insight on what it could be. Do you think we'll get to that day where, you know, Monday night football has their injury analyst? And is that something you'd be interested in doing? That's always been my goal, believe it or not. Um, Because as you said, like, let me give you, let me give you an example. Um, Aaron Rodgers injures his, his, his Achilles. Well, we didn't know it was Achilles, but I did, but the world maybe didn't. Remember, they waited until that game ended until they announced Achilles. Remember, they didn't they didn't mention it. the 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 video is obvious. Um, the report, the announcers, whatever you want to call them, were at a loss for words. They literally didn't know what to say. Vegas. The lines had to be going crazy because that's a dramatic change. I mean, that's you can't. You, there's not too many things that shift more than that, from that player to that player. Um, you know, in that dramatic. So if you knew within 30 seconds with 80 percent accuracy, nothing like it. Nothing like it. Now the problem is Vegas is probably going to pull that, uh, and and you're probably going to have a very short window to bet if you can. Um, and which you know, which is which, which is what it is, uh, and that's why I do what I do. Um, you know, that's why I have a dub club. That's why I have other stuff. So I give insight to people on the back end without me putting it out on Twitter, uh, where everybody can see it. Um, but yes, I, 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 there's only and the other thing is like there's levels to this. So this takes time. This takes experience. This takes understanding. If you went up to an orthopedic surgeon or a sports med doc like me, just randomly, uh, and say, hey, uh, what do you think of, uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson's rib injury? Just no preface, just like that. Unless they're a Vikings fan, they're going to look at you like they're you're crazy. They, not only that, they literally wouldn't even know what you're talking about. Because you have to be so ingrained in this. You have to know beat reporters. You have to, and it changed by the hour. You have to know what the video shows. You have to understand what the, the the team calls. You have to understand what the different types of injuries are. You have to understand what resources these players have. There's so many different things that most medical professionals a don't care enough to know about, and b don't have the skills for. There's probably like seven of us, maybe, and then you have um, a couple of us that are our physicians, you know, uh, you know, uh, medical doctors, and then you have your physical therapist. And then, so, and, and both are very good at what they do. It's a little bit different, but they both are very good at what they do. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, 
if there's a a taboo or a stigma or whatever you want to call it to say, hey, uh, we only want a doctor or no, we only want a, 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 a PT, a physical, uh, you know, a, a physical therapist doctor. Like, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, so, but I think it's only a matter of time and I'm, I'm waiting for the day that, that someone just tries it for one game. That's it. Just one game. I knew it uh, in the Mahomes versus Jacksonville game where he <laughs> is hopping on the field to come back in that game. If ever there was a time that you needed a medical analyst to explain your, your the face of the league, what he's going through, what the injury is, and what his effectiveness is, you're telling me that's not value added to a broadcast where 25 million people are watching. Probably 10 million of them have bet on the game. Like there's a lot of interested parties, and I think the broadcasters uh, or the broadcasting networks are being dumb right now, and 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 they're they're leaving. I, I don't. I, yeah, I hundred percent agree. I don't know why. I, 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 if it's risky in their opinion, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But it's it, it's way overdue. In my opinion, the rules analysts are useless. Like, because they're they're going to tell you something that give it two minutes, you're already going to know. You know, but I'm going to tell you something that you might never hear ever. First of all, the team doc's never going to say because you don't even know who the team doc is. There's actually four to six of them. The coach sometimes doesn't even know what's happening or they don't know yet. Or they're not going to tell you. The media only knows so much and it's not going to be very quickly. So there's so many different levels. There's just no way that, that, that they can fill that void with the current situation that they have. It's, it's only a matter of time that someone does it. And whoever does it first will be setting the trend. It, it, you know, try it for one game and you will see the, how crazy and helpful it is. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a paradigm shift in, in how networks uh, broadcast sports. Um, Dr. Morse, I appreciate your time. This has been like wonderfully informative current news uh, a lot of like larger scale thinking and, and i really do appreciate your time my pleasure that's it for me another edition of 90 degrees is in the books i want to thank my guest dr jesse morse sports medicine physician injury content for the fantasy doctors the sponsors of this podcast pinnacle and bet stamp and my producer jason cooper thanks for listening do me a favor before you go like the content subscribe share and comment we'll be back next week with another guest on the 90 degrees podcast where we give an inside look into the sports betting industry that's it for me hope you enjoyed until next time